Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Amanda from Trifecta Fitness. We're proud to be Clarksville's new Get Fit headquarters. Trifecta Fitness is a state-of-the-art spin and strength training studio. Our spin studio is truly one of a kind in this area, complete with 20 state-of-the-art live fitness bikes and an incredible sound system. Our strength training is done in small groups of six or fewer, and all of our strength and spin classes are scalable for every level of experience. Come see us in the heart of Clarksville, just behind MAPCO at the corner of Old Trenton Road and Wilma Rudolph Boulevard. Call us for more info at 931-542-6265. Or download our Trifecta Fitness app for a full list of upcoming classes. For every veteran, there is a story. A story about a calling to serve, to fight for the freedoms of the American people. And every story has a struggle, a sacrifice, and invisible wounds. Warrior Wads programs help veterans recover from PTSD and invisible wounds through exercise, nutrition, and connecting with other veteran leaders. It is estimated that 22 veterans die each day by suicide and another 30 veterans die each day by substance abuse. These are preventable deaths. Warrior Wad is committed to fighting PTSD through fitness, nutrition, and community. opportunity to support our heroes in their time of need. Will you join us and take action? All right, all right, all right. Welcome back. Fit Nation. We are a show founded by a veteran and hosted by two veterans and a military spouse. Our mission is to get people to tell their story to the world. If you're an author, share your tips with Misfit Nation. If you're a musician or actor, our audience needs to know how they too can get into the business. Coaches, we love our coaches. Come on and share some of your tips with the Misfit Nation to help them become better versions of themselves. If you're a corporate leader or an entrepreneur, come on and share how you did it and how hard you have fought for success. If you're a veteran, first responder, or Gold Star family, we would love to have you come on and just share your story with the Misfit Nation. 
we always have time for you. If you're feeling down, alone, or starting to see the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. You are not alone. You will be missed. If you feel like your problems will be a burden to those in your inner circle or are embarrassed, dial 988. If you are a veteran, take option one. We need you to keep pushing forward. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Misfit Nation. Be sure to subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast apps and also on our YouTube channel at the underscore Misfit Nation. Subscribe and click the bell to keep you up to date with our latest episodes and all of our news. You can also find us on Heroes Media Group and About Face Radio. Now, let's get to the show. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to our Sunday night show. It's been a great week. Uh, finished up our work out in the woods with soldiers and uh, actually able to focus more on the show now that things are back to normal here. Uh, tonight we have a good one. In the news lately, all you hear is the, the thoughts and the concerns with artificial intelligence. Well, our next guest, he's a thought leader in AI and startups who has impacted over 10 million lives and generated over $500 million in value. With experience working with clients like Microsoft and IBM, he's spoken at the UN alongside the Secretary General and Nobel Peace Prize winner, and his work has been mentioned by President Obama and Bill Gates. With four patents in AI, he's the perfect person to learn from about how AI can benefit you all. So without further ado, let's welcome Manoj Agarwal to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Manoj. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. Thanks. It's great for us to connect, and I know we've we had a couple of hiccups along the way with your schedule to get you here, but we got you here now, and you're coming to us live from Vancouver. It's a yeah. little cooler there than it is here, so thankfully, you hopefully you bring some of that cool air to us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sorry about all the smoke uh, that's coming to the U.S. from from the Canadian fires, but it has been very intense this year, actually. Yeah, it's, it's that's pretty. That's the first time in my lifetime I've ever seen that. So it's. That's pretty horrible. I'm sure the people up there, they're, like you just said, you're sorry about the smoke, but I'm sure the people up there who's been affected by the fire itself would uh, mm-hmm. like, like it to end as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, Manuj, I gave about a basically a two-sentence brief on you right there. If you could just expand a little further into more about you from as far back as you want to go, how you got into the AI world and, uh, and basically helping startups and business, and to how we got here, that'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, my journey started in India. You know, I used to work in a factory for $2 a day. And um, I wanted to change my life. I wanted to do something different. And I found a way to increase my value through a valuable skill, which at that point turned out to be technology. So I uh, found myself enrolled in in a computer programming course. And I learned... Uh, a lot about uh, computers and it fascinated me. And so I I, I guess um, there was slight luck involved as well at that time because the internet boom was just sort of coming up. And during that period, I came to North America. I got a job uh, very easily because dot-com boom was in full flow. And I also lost uh, uh, multiple jobs rapidly. 
uh, in the following years because of several uh, events which were outside of my control. So, you know, dot-com bust happened and then September 11th happened. And so that sort of forced me into entrepreneurship and I started my consulting company and I started working with many startups uh, and then started uh, a project with Microsoft, um, Pearson Education. And uh, during all those times, uh, you know, it's always good to stay ahead uh, in, in the game of technology, to continue to learn more, continue to see you know, what else is happening. And uh, people with passion for their work, you know, generally uh, they are that way, like they are always looking for the next big thing. So we work with um, every latest technology as it comes out, like blockchain, artificial intelligence, and those type of things. What ended up happening was um, we, we did quite a few projects with the artificial intelligence, but also uh, through my own personal journey, I had a few challenges in my personal life. Um, it led me down the path of meditation and uh, understanding human psychology and uh, neuroscience. Um, and I started seeing a lot of parallels between these two fields, neuroscience, how our mind works and artificial intelligence. So those were the those were the crossover um, uh, you know solutions that we found very fascinating to help individuals as well as uh, uh, corporations. So that's that's sort of what we work on. Use that knowledge to implement solutions in artificial intelligence. And it has been really really um, a cool experience solving some really interesting uh, problems using artificial intelligence. I, I can talk about that. Awesome. Uh, AI is, is fascinating to me. Uh, I tested a little bit with that chat GPT stuff, just throwing in a sentence and see what will come out. And it'll come out with paragraphs and paragraphs just based off one sentence I write in there. After it, it kind of gets a feel for what I think like and then and then just goes with it. So it's, it's a pretty cool thing there. And I know the military, our military, your military in Canada is also using it. The military in India is way ahead of a lot of countries with using AI as well to – I guess think forward on the battlefield to see what your enemy might do and what better solution might be used by the military. So there's lots of uses for AI that aren't, uh, I guess, uh, horrific like the world, but many people in the world that think it will be. And because if you don't, people fear what they don't know, and that's what's I think the cause of all of this. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And I just I don't want to harp on this here, but you worked in the factory for two dollars a day in India. Was that when you were still a youngster, or were you an adult already? And then you just no, I was, I was. I started working at fifteen. Fifteen. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So worked through, um, yeah, like until about eighteen or nineteen, and then I, I got married, and then uh, no, no, yeah, it till nineteen. I, I was working in a factory, but after that, like I started getting into computers and programming. Nice. At least you were able to find your path out. I know a lot of uh, people you yeah. know probably didn't make that path out of there. I yeah. still suffer doing that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Thing. absolutely. Yeah. Thankfully, you've seen the light and moved out and uh, moved up to North America, to Canada there, mm-hmm. and got into this world that we're in now. So now I'll let you just dive into AI and, and try to break it down so the audience understands that it is not bad and what it actually can do for us. Sure. So maybe let's quickly define what ai is because a lot of people have this misconception and and thanks to you know how it has been portrayed in hollywood uh, it it has not left a, a good impression on people so ai basically is a, a way to recognize patterns in our daily life 
um, our human mind is designed to recognize patterns. So let's say if you touch a hot stove, you know, you only need to touch it once to know that I don't want to touch it again. Right. But then let's say you create a more complex scenario where you uh, are in the middle of Antarctica and it's really, really cold and you're wearing heat resistant gloves. And now you touch the stove. It actually feels a little bit warm and pleasant. So now your mind is smart enough to know, okay, you know, touching the stove is not that bad when certain other parameters are uh, in place. So our human mind can sort of understand the, these three, four, five parameters and it can learn from it. But let's say if you're trying to solve a very complex problem, like, uh, you know, solve climate change or find cure for cancer or whatever, there are billions and billions of parameters involved in that, right? So our human mind uh, cannot comprehend this kind of complexity, but machines can understand it. They can ingest like huge amounts of data and then find those patterns in the data. And so that is the reason why it is powerful because it can do the thinking part and, and sort of connecting the dots much more efficiently and faster and better. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. It does to me, yes. Okay. So so that is the tool that we can use to solve real-world problems now. Um, uh, so now, uh, what was the follow-up question you had? Sorry? Uh, Hadi, just to kind of stop the, I guess, the, the fear of it. Well, yeah, yeah. People are so afraid okay. of it. Basically, okay, okay. So let's, let's talk about <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's talk about two main fears that people have, right? One is that AI will take over humanity and uh, kill everybody. So um, the idea is that it's like, a, um, you know, it's like uh, AI is like a tool, just like electricity or um, gasoline, something along those lines, right? Now, we use it so often in our lives that our life has de become dependent upon them. But it is not to say that electricity has taken over our life, right? It is. It doesn't have an agenda that, oh, okay, you know, I will now kill humanity. Even if I say, okay, because AI is intelligence, it can develop that kind of tendency. Humans are the ones we think like that because we think if we become so uh, intelligent and powerful, our first job will be to eliminate other people. That's how we think. But that's, um, you know, centuries of uh, trauma, suppression, jealousy, all these things, what what we have in our human, human sort of, you know, psychology, right? But AI is just unemotional uh, intelligence. So it cannot develop that ambition, that jealousy to say, oh, you know what? Humans are consuming like too much resources on this planet. Let's just get rid of them. It needs a certain uh, cause, uh, reason uh, that is strong enough for them to behave that way. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, yes. It, it's like, a, I don't know if you've seen the movie Jexy that just came out mm -hmm. on Netflix a little while ago. Mm -hmm. that, that is exactly what you just said. People thinking that the phone, like the phone took over and was ruining the, the guy's life. Mm -hmm. Jexy mm -hmm. took it over. Whereas you can throw Siri in there or whatever you call the voice on your phone. If you let that phone take over your world, it's because you let that phone take over your world. Yeah, yeah. Not because it had the emotions, yeah. like you said, to do that. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's that's a great point. Oh, so that's that's one. And then the second thing that people are afraid of is jobs. 
so it will take away all the jobs now what will happen is jobs will be displaced and a job will be uh displaced by people who can understand ai and use ai so meaning ai is not going to take away your job somebody who understands and uses ai will take away your job because they will be much more efficient and accurate right so i'll give you a quick example when in 1993 or so email and internet was just coming up if you talk to an average person and said hey do you need a website do you need an email address they'll say no you know i have my yellow pages i have my white pages i'm good you know it didn't make sense then but today i i, I mean not even today but just around year 2000 just 6 years later if you did not have an email address you could not even apply for an entry level job right? right so it's the same thing now that ai is going to enhance our ability to communicate to do things and if somebody becomes more efficient doing that uh, somebody who refuses to use it will be not very competitive anymore and so and the end result will be they will be out of job so again we, it is up to us to take advantage of this opportunity or uh, you know uh, ignore it and and face the consequence definitely and then also when social media came out people thought it was the devil mm-hmm. it's the devil mm-hmm. it's only the devil if you let it be the devil mm-hmm. like entry level jobs on email if you don't have a linkedin profile now and you apply mm-hmm. for a job you're going to be pushed aside as well because mm-hmm. that linkedin profile is how they really dig deep into who you are and what you have done mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so it's 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 if you can adapt to change and adapt to the changes that are happening both with ai machine learning whatever you want to call anything that's happening you have to be able to adapt as well and you'll be all right exactly 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 so when did you know that you became this global thought leader what was the first bell that went off or the first person that contacted you said hey manush we need you to come talk mm-hmm. to us well i mean this is a tricky thing right like i don't even understand what global thought leader means because my thoughts are normal thoughts Right. and uh, it seems like when i talk to people and share my thoughts it they are interesting to them and the other thing is i've shared my thoughts with some true thought leaders like you know the former director of cia uh, general petrius um you know like these level of people and um, i guess that's the interesting thing that happened to me when i was able to communicate with them and had a, a good uh, understanding of where they were coming from i was able to convey you know what i see uh, and have these exchanges like uh, on on my podcast like i have interviewed more than 300 uh, really solid people so those type of things made me realize that okay you know we all have something to share we all have something to say my specialty uh, is happens to be technology and artificial intelligence and i think it I think about these technologies in a certain humanistic way uh because of my background because of my experience and that's what i think people found interesting definitely and i think you know, like you said your background you come from humble beginnings too mm-hmm. real humble beginnings and if people understand what you went through to realize that you need to get into the computers and learn the dot com stuff to learn all this stuff to move forward that's probably why they reach out and say hey when you just sit down let's have a coke let's talk about this or a coffee whatever you drink let's hang out and let's find us let's, let's do a little mind meld and see where we can go from here yeah 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 absolutely 
drop General Petraeus' name. You have Bill Gates. Bill Gates is a, also talked about you, uh, President Obama. So you, you've had some uh, pretty uh, good elbows to rub with. So I'm sure yeah, I, I want to I want to clarify a few things, right? So they they didn't mention me by name because I mean it, I'm still there's way too much distance between me and those personalities, but. A project that we we worked on directly, we delivered. That's what they mentioned because it had such a big impact on millions of students that they mentioned that project. So that was a that was a link between me and uh, and these these people. It's still, it's still a good link though to have and uh, to have them in your corner. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, we've already, I think we've we talked about the jobs thing. We talked about uh, it taking over humanity. Is there a way, a simple way to maybe calm the fears of those who are afraid of technology, really, and make them see that it can help them? Is it maybe giving them a tablet with, say, something like ChatGPT on it, let them just play with that little while to show that it won't kill them and it will actually help them? So the interesting thing is that a lot of people don't realize it, that AI is already in our lives everywhere. Okay, so we are recording this show live. And we are streaming it on like multiple platforms, including radio and all of that. Everything underneath the covers is being controlled by AI. Right. That is the reason why we are talking to each other in high definition in real time. I mean, even 10 years ago, this would have not been possible. Right. Um, you take out the device that is all we are. We all carry a device in our uh, pocket. Everything on that device is controlled by AI. Right. Yeah. So uh, we, we this is a misnomer that, OK, you know, AI will come and it's it will happen. It is already here. It's we are already in it. Um, and so uh, the fear is about the next level of enhancement because chat GPT has shown us that the, the realm of human beings is of thought we 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 value thinking so meaning all the ceos in the world like people who make the big bucks they are paid the big bucks because they can think of solutions of difficult problems right exactly. so yeah, now you cannot compete with a machine with the iq of 1000 so that has tilted the scales of competitiveness of even human beings like I can come up with solutions now using ChatGPT or AI that probably could have taken like a, a, at least $10 million in, you know, two, two or three years ago. You, you see what I'm trying to say? So, so that's the thing that people need to realize the opportunity that exists rather than the fear, because that fear is what will keep them from taking that leap, right? Uh, Im imagine again, I will, I, I try to use analogies from history. So people who are old enough to remember when the internet was just coming out, there was a big fear about Y2K. Oh, yeah. You know, um, people thought, oh, you know, when Y2K happens, like everything is going to shut down. We're not going to have any groceries in the grocery store. And so people who were afraid never even touched uh, the internet or technology, right? In the meantime, Guys like Jeff Bezos, they started an e-commerce company and became the richest pe person in the world within, what, 15 years? Less than that, yeah. Okay. So that's 
the opportunity now, but just like hundred times more, hundred times bigger, right? So I try. I don't try to put my thoughts in other people. I just try to show them. Okay, you know, this is what happened last time. So if you miss the boat, there is another boat coming. But don't don't miss this one just because you missed the previous one. Don't fall off the boat because you were afraid. <laughs> yeah. So you talked about meditation earlier. That's a big thing with a lot of our, our audience here because a lot of them look for ways to deal with uh, trauma that they dealt with in the military or in life even. Mm -hmm. So meditation is really good for that. So how do you combine meditation? What does meditation and AI have in common really? That's a very interesting question. You know, what happens with meditation, first of all, I, I think everybody, and especially, you know, the reason why I, I was so excited about this show because I have looked into uh, the conditions of veterans. So I, I, I was talking about General Petraeus, like he's very, very passionate about veterans. So he does a lot of work for veterans. So when I was like talking to him, then I realized how big of a problem this is, like 18 million veterans in the US and, you know, and their state of mind. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like, I cannot even imagine going from a very structured environment to a, you know, to this world, uh, crazy world. Um, so, and this is all related to it because what happens is that um, with meditation, and I do recommend anybody listening, please, if you don't meditate, start your meditation practice because I think that will change your life if you're going through certain, you know, challenges, whatever challenges those are. Meditation is, in, uh, is the key. So with meditation, what happens is, uh, you know, our life is controlled by our emotional uh, subconscious mind. 95% of our actions are controlled by our subconscious mind. But the problem is we behave like we are the rational 5% of the mind and we, we, we make logical decisions. That's, that's not true at all. But with meditation, you, you can start to observe this sort of um, this dance of emotional reactions to things. And with AI, um, what we can do is we can create those emotions. We can sort of feel those emotions because now we are able to express ourselves in a in a better way maybe it will i'll try to explain it if i can our emotions are based on how we communicate to ourselves or to others telling those stories and the problem is that we have not been taught how to communicate properly as human beings right so now with tools like ai chat gpt i can express my emotions in a way that will make sense to you and vice versa. So now I can feel that energy exchange, which sort of leads to a meditative state of mind, if if that makes sense. Yes, it, that makes sense to me, 100%. Uh, audience, yeah. any questions, just send them in the comments or you can call in. We have our number. Our phones are open and working tonight. So you have questions from Anuj on uh, AI, meditation, on how he has helped businesses grow. Just chime in. He's here for you tonight. Don't let this opportunity go away. So, Manuj, you also, like I just said about business, when when you started helping businesses reach their their potential, how did that happen and how many uh, businesses do you think you, you have helped over time? See, um, my passion has been innovation and technology. So, you know, we have helped so many, like uh, hundreds of startups through advice, through mentorship, resources. Uh, two of the startups we helped, uh, went public within two years and five years. Uh, one, one product 
uh, in particular, we worked with uh, Pearson Education, which is a Fortune 500 company. It went from zero to $500 million annual revenue within five years. So all these projects were really exciting and um, had a lot of fun uh, doing those. And the idea was to sort of, you know, just continue to learn about different industries, different uh, different uh, geographies, different economies, how people work, what are the things, um, what are the solutions uh, work in uh, different industries. And now the idea is to bring those uh, learnings from multiple industries and add artificial intelligence on top of it to really accelerate even at a more exponential scale uh, for people who want to grow uh, using these technologies. Outstanding. Uh, to get to go from that short period of time to go from a startup to being listed to a Fortune 500 company, that, that's amazing. And and for you to have a, you probably say you only have a small part in it, but I'm sure your part was a lot bigger to the person that you helped. Mm -hmm. and you was. Yeah. I'm sure that that helped them out more than you'll ever. Well, I'm sure you know them. I'm sure they write you still as a, hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. Like we, we just caught up like uh, the person I work with um, at Pearson Education. I just met him like three weeks ago. And we were talking about the crazy times we had to go through, you know. It, it was a crazy, crazy time because uh, you, you get to learn behind the scenes uh, how these big operations are done. And I, I'm sure, you know, you must have similar stories in being in the military, how you overcome certain challenges or certain missions that were difficult. It's the same, it's the same exact thing. And I'm sure the, the fruits and rewards are still the same on both sides too. When you have a successful mission, you're you're amped up, you're pumped. And for the business person, if you make it past that first year where most businesses either tilt or canter or fall apart and they go either up or down, if you go up, that, that has to be a beautiful thing to see right there. Exactly, exactly. And on your profile, it asks, you have a question on there, why is it important to travel? I know why I like to travel. I want to hear your your reason why you why traveling is important. You know, the the key is uh, to train your mind to see different perspectives because the problem is that, okay, main, main thing why people don't grow or they have challenges in life because they, they get locked up in their own mindset and then they cannot see a different point of view. And our, uh, our society is set up in this way, like industrialized society is set up this way that... Um, we don't get an opportunity to look outside of our industry. So our, our thought process becomes very narrow-minded. So when you travel, you, you look at the world from many, many different angles. You start to see possibilities. You start to see opportunities. Um, and and that, is the, that is one exercise I've, I've seen which is enjoyable. Because when I tell people, hey, meditate, they say, I don't have time for that. Um, or, or yoga, these kind of like... Things are considered boring, boring, and and sort of, you know, uh, I I have to make an effort to do that. But traveling is something fun. So it's again, it's like, okay, how do you stimulate your mind? And that's how I think about traveling. And the, the other thing is, you get to, you know, meet different kind of people, make new friends, experience new food. Food is food is so such a uh, you know, uh, innate uh, experience in our evolution. So we need to we need to have that variety of food. I was going to say, I was going to throw in food before you even said it. Because every country I've been to, I tried their food while talking to the people. I think that's the best way to 
get engulfed into their engrossed mm. in their culture. Mm, absolutely. Go there with a, a closed mind. No, I'm not gonna eat that. I'm not gonna eat that. Oh, get away from me! Don't talk to me. That smells horrible. Just, mm. just go and do it. And in Korea, I ate uh, worms, mm. uh, silkworms. I ate them. Mm. They gave me. <laughs> oh, these are great. These are wonderful. Yeah. I never would really have tried them before if I was not in Korea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's always yeah. you gotta in, just get into the culture and do what you gotta do to learn. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, expand your mind, expand your mm. horizons, understand more, more than that little box you live in. Yeah, absolutely. What's the best place you've been to? Um, I love New Zealand. New Zealand was great, even though like it was very similar to Canada, but it had a different feel. Like, uh, especially uh, I went after uh, watching Lord of the Ring movies, right? Like, so it has it has like a sort of an impact on you. And when you see the the actual places where they shot those scenes, like. It's it's fascinating how uh, you know how how much impact a movie can have on a on a particular uh, uh, travel uh, <laughs> travel yes. destination. But yeah, no, New Zealand was great, and then um, I think uh, Europe ha has been such a rich con continent to visit. Like so much history there. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I growing up in Asia, like you have. I've seen multiple contrasts. I haven't visited Africa. That's where I want to go next. So that's, a, that's on our list too, as a family to to head there. Uh, we don't know where in Africa. We'll probably just throw a dart and try to find someplace safe and go there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we can there and just to experience something different. Yeah, I think it's the best thing to do. We took our daughter to to China to Thailand when she was twelve and eleven and twelve years old. But she got to see something way different than the United States as a, at a young age and appreciate things more when she came back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. This next question is probably a curveball for you. But mm -hmm. what is the fastest and sure shot way to become a millionaire? Mm. See, the the first thing is that a lot of people don't know what uh, what success looks like. So if success looks like a million dollars, Okay, what are you going to do with that million dollars? I mean, the problem is that people only look at the number, but they don't look at what actually they want to do with that million dollars. Or uh, when you start to ask them, okay, here, here is million dollars, what are you going to do? Yes. They'll say, okay, I'll take a vacation or I'll buy a home. And okay, you know, okay, that you've done that. Now you have some more money left over. What are you going to do? Uh, and then, you know, you just take like two or three steps after that, they have no idea you know, what are they actually going to do and who are they going to do it with? So when you do a little bit of an exercise, you start to realize, oh, actually, you know, I would like to spend more time with my family. And so if you start to work your life towards that goal, and then there is another exercise we do with people. Um, it's, it's based on this uh, concept called Ikigai in Japan, which basically gives you your life purpose um, in terms of what you're good at and what the world needs and, you know, how you can make an income while doing the work that you like to do. So once you understand what success looks like and you find your life purpose using Ikigai, you put those together and then you take action every day to, to, to gain, you know, sort of work on that life purpose. Life becomes so easy. Life becomes so... Um, uh, serendipitous that things start to happen uh, and before you know it you, you get to your destination 
start having fun doing it. So it's good. Yeah. Yeah. You said you may, you may hit that million dollars, but what are you going to do with it? What are you going to yeah. do when you hit 1 million? Yeah. Right now that's probably going to pay off a house and a couple cars. So yeah. <laughs> with the cost of everything now, but if you need to, if you want to make it bigger, you have to keep that focus and, and be happy with what you're doing. Find that life purpose. And when you wake yeah. up every morning, knowing that that's what you want to do. And be exactly. Don't be miserable. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So usually we talked about a lot of things here in a quick, in a quick period, 30 minutes, really. What three tips would you give the entrepreneur that's in the audience right now who wants to start their business and doesn't know which way to go, but they, they know they need to get into technology to do this. What three tips would you give them to get out of their own way and get moving forward? So first of all, uh, you know, create uh, a list of what, create a list of what your core values are. Core values are your belief systems and, you know, your, what you stand for. Um, and again, these, these are related to the exercises I mentioned earlier, Ikigai and all of that. And then start to show up on social media, online with those core values. Like, you know, you are doing this show, you know, you're, you're putting yourself out there, Rich, right? right? So like you, you are, and you noticed a problem a gap in the market and you're filling that gap by putting yourself out there. That's taking a stand. So when you take a stand, then people start to notice you and whoever your crowd is, whoever your tribe is, they will find you. They'll find you. And then once you have trust with them, you can build any kind of business. The trust is the most important thing today. If you can figure out how to earn that trust from your fan base, then you can turn around and sell your expertise, your experience, your knowledge. Uh, I mean, guy, guy like Elon Musk, you know, any any person you, you see, like Elon Musk is selling rockets, he's selling cars, he's selling tequila, you know, people just buy it, right? So, so that's the thing. Uh, put yourself out there. Yeah, so find your core values, put yourself out there, and then just basically serve people with your... Uh, knowledge and experience. Uh, if you put, uh, if you continue to do these three things, uh, automatically opportunities start to fall in place because somebody will say, "Oh, you helped me with this uh, tremendous thing." Okay, I'm doing this project. You know, somebody will really can use your help with this. And then before you know it, you'll find three people asking you. And before you know it, you'll have, "Oh, okay, you know, I'm good at that. Okay, so let me launch a business about this." Um, so that's one way of doing it. You know. Because a lot of people don't know how to, like, they get confused. Okay, you know, what do I do? But it's as simple as that. Just find your core values, put yourself out there, start helping people. Definitely, those are perfect ones. They're your core values. Put yourself out there and help people with your passion. Uh, use your expertise to help them get ahead in life and do the best they can. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Manoj, how does someone get in contact with you to maybe talk to you about the same stuff we talked about, have you on their show, or maybe get into your mind and see if you can help their business. Yeah. Uh, the best thing will be go to LinkedIn, uh, drop me a connection request. Let me know you heard me on this uh, show or uh, go to my website, manujagarwal.com and you can connect me, uh, connect uh, through that website as well. All right. The website is going across the bottom right now and LinkedIn will be uh, LinkedIn and then his uh, actual name spelled out after the end. So Manuj, thank you for taking some of your time on this Sunday night. Uh, to hang out with us and and teach us a lot more about AI and hopefully stop some of the fears out of the audience. Yeah, yeah, I hope it helps. Thank you so much. Thank you, and you have a good night. You too, you too. Thanks. In October 2019, 
Arlington, Texas was chosen to be the home of a new national museum, unlike any other. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a unique home of military history. The 100,000 square foot museums will house exhibits, archives, and artifacts relating to the 3,500 U.S. troops who have been awarded the medal, the nation's highest honor for valor in combat. The museum will have 31,000 square feet of galleries dedicated to U.S. troops who have received the award. The museum CEO, former Navy SEAL and NASA astronaut Chris Cassidy said the museum will focus on education as much as preservation. The building will have five areas dedicated to Medal of Honor winners from the Army, Marine Corps, Navy, Air Force, and Coast Guard. The main gallery will be located in a central plaza under a 25,000 square foot slab of steel, which will appear to be suspended in midair. It will be supported by five pillars. Black Rifle Coffee is a corporate sponsor of the museum, as are the Dallas Cowboys. The museum's board also includes over a dozen major corporations and six Medal of Honor recipients, including David Bellavia, Patrick Brady, and Britt Slabinski. Army Staff Sergeant Bellavia was awarded the medal for clearing an entire house by himself on November 10, 2004, as a squad leader in support of Operation Phantom Fury in Fallujah, Iraq. He killed four enemy fighters and wounded a fifth in close quarters battle. Army Major General Brady flew and coordinated the evacuation of 51 seriously wounded men during a firefight in Vietnam in January 1968. Slabinski, a Navy SEAL chief and team leader, led a rescue team of SEALs during Operation Anaconda in Afghanistan in March 2002. Slabinski and his team flew to a mountaintop ambush site to rescue Petty Officer First Class Neil Roberts, who had fallen from the back of a helicopter. Slabinski led the team through almost constant combat against an entrenched Taliban force. Along with the board members, former presidents Jimmy Carter, Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and Barack Obama serve as honorary directors. The museum is expected to open to the public in late 2024. Thanks for checking us out and being a part of the Misfit Nation. Don't forget to visit our website at themisfitnation.com. It's themisfitnation.com to catch up on all of our episodes and also to get some of that great Misfit Nation gear. As always, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are 